0: Well, Glory, we're missing somebody again this morning. Well, he has used that airplane this week. We went to a board meeting on Tuesday, and then he got up Wednesday and flew to Colorado and did meetings there till yesterday, and then now he's in Washington State, and I don't know that he'll come home tonight. Probably be in the morning he'll come home. So uh, he's burning some jet fuel. Yeah, so, uh, it's been really, really good. So, uh, the meetings have gone really well and lots of good things going on. So, uh, we're accomplishing some things for the kingdom this morning. So, God's good to us. And also, while I'm thinking about it, uh, Eric and, um, Miss Patty have told me that they can use lots of, lots of extra helpers in the kids with school getting out and, and people doing transition in their schedules and stuff. So if you haven't worked in kids, I tell you that was one of the greatest joys that I had when I first got, um, serving God. Keith was teaching at Raymond doing stuff and I didn't know a lot about the ministry and stuff. And that was probably one of the first places I ever taught anything. I was, Blessed to be able to help at Willie George's and helping the kids there. And it was the funnest thing because uh, kids won't let you get by with nothing. And I'd go in there, and I didn't know nothing about the word, and I'd say the, the uh, five fishes and the three loaves, you know, and they'd correct me, you know, and say, you know, the other way, and, and you'd get something wrong and quote a scripture wrong, and they would correct you. I'm telling you, they won't let you get by with anything. So uh, it is a wonderful place to be, and you will get a wonderful harvest. They are a joy to be around. So uh, if um, you think you're not called to teach or you're not called to do anything, think again. Because uh, I never thought anything about that. But sow some time in with the kids. And it will bless you more than you'll be blessed any other way. And um, Because they'll, they'll bring it out of you. All of our guys that, you know, thought they weren't called to helping kids and they went in there, they don't want to leave, some of them. So uh, they're, they're big fun. Well, the last time that I taught, I talked to you about what? Does anybody have a clue? Of, or remember, I did this to the youth. And the other night I said, can anybody remember anything that we've talked about over the last six months? One of them said, Jesus I said, "Yeah, good, good, good call. Good call." So, um, but um, no, they usually remember pretty good. Besides Friday night, sorry, the last time on a Sunday morning, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and we talked about the Holy Spirit being our comforter and our leader and our guide, and uh, we talked about how it was difficult to make it without the Holy Spirit. And uh, that today we have the Holy Spirit to lead us through our daily lives and to give us direction in the things that we do in our lives. And I tried to go in different directions, but I couldn't get away from that. Because if there's one thing that we were so blessed and fortunate and uh, I don't know if there's anything more that we learned from from dad, brother Hagen, than that it's how to be led by the spirit. And um, he was a stickler for that. He was like, you can't make it without being led by the Spirit. You know, I mean, he he spent the majority of his time. And uh, we were fortunate and blessed to spend year after year and decade after decade with him, one-on-one, day in and day out, watching what he did and how he did. And you don't even realize what you're learning, but you're watching and you're watching when he gets into a situation, what does he do? You know, that's what parents do. I mean, kids do with parents. They don't just learn by what they say. And that's why so many, so many, many parents and teens, I've learned it so much by working with the teens. Parents wonder why teens get rebellious when they get to be teens. I'm not confused about it anymore. It's not funny to me. Because what happens is so many times when teens become teens, it's because they're no longer fooled by their parents. When they were little, their parents could fool them and tell them to do things and they had to do it. But now that they've become teens, they see their parents for who they are. And they become rebellious because it's do as I say, not as I do. Exactly. Yep. I deal with your uh, your kids. But it's the same way with God and us. So... It's, it's a reality of who we are. And we and we must be honest with ourselves about what we know and what we don't know. So I want us to go back and, and look at some things about the Holy Ghost and how to be led and how we can turn some things around in our life and how we can change some things to accomplish what we need in our lives. Okay? So this morning... Um, How many of you remember the scriptures, a couple of the scriptures that we read about it? John 14, 16. And I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because he sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. So the Holy Ghost left and he gave us the comforter. John 16:7 and I'll read it and then we'll go on to today's just a little quick review. It says, "However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable." Do you remember we discussed that? And we discussed how could it be profitable that we couldn't ask Jesus a question? How can it be profitable that you can't go up to Jesus and ask him a question? Because it's greater that no one could... Every one of us in this room couldn't get to Jesus. We could make a line, clear out the door. And still couldn't have time for him to answer all of our questions this afternoon. So it's profitable... Good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I go not away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, the standby will not come. But if I do go away, I will send him to you. And we discussed how most people are not taking advantage of the Holy Spirit in their daily lives. So they're missing out on so much of the wonderful blessings that the Holy Ghost can give them. So I want to get into some more things of the blessings of the Holy Ghost this morning. And I want to read something to you that Brother Hagan said in his book. And if you don't have this book, I encourage you get your hands on this book. I think every Christian in their walk with the Lord should read this book. It's how you can be led, be led by the Spirit of God. And in the back of the book, he goes into a story where he says, In one of his meetings, one young man I know quite well gave his testimony of how it had helped him. Uh, just a few weeks ago, when he was 31 or 32, he went into business. And he left his salary job with a total of $5,500. He was single at the time. And had to use this money for living expenses as well as for capital. And at one point, his nest egg dwindled to $50. He gave this testimony. I listened to Brother Hagen's tapes. And there were three on faith and confession. And one called, How to Train the Human Spirit. I went to bed every night listening to that tape. I put it on in the morning and listened to it while I shaved. I listened to it over and over and over again. Listen to this. Probably hundreds of times. Until that message got into my spirit. Then by listening to my spirit. Then by listening to my spirit. Then by listening to my spirit. And using my faith. My assets now total in excess of $30 million. Dollars. I guess I could title this morning's sermon How to Become a Millionaire People might listen a little closer, right? How to become a millionaire To go from $50 How many of you in here this morning could come up with $50? Most everybody could rake, scrape, pick up cans And come up with $50, Right? Well, this man had $50, and he now has in excess of $30 million. And this book was written many years ago. He now drives a uh, he now flies a global express. But listen, I know this is the same man, and it goes backwards in the in the book here. It says. But as you learn to develop your spirit and follow that inward witness, he will guide you in every area of your life. This man I knew had never worn a pair of shoes until he was 12 years old. He only had a fifth grade education. But way back when money was money, he was a millionaire. Two different people. Um, let's see. I'll skip parts of it. He said to both of them, in all the years and all the investments that I've made, and that's how he made his money, I've never lost a dime. That beats my record. How about yours? Everything I ever invested in has made money. He told each of them on different occasions. Then he told them how he did it. I always do this. When it comes along with an when someone comes along with an idea to invest in, my first reaction is mental. Now, I know what Jesus said. When you pray, enter into your closet. He didn't mean that necessarily literally to get into your closet. I know he meant for us to shut things out, but I have a very large closet in my bedroom where I go to pray. And I pray about it. I wait long enough until I hear what my spirit says. And sometimes I wait three days. Now, I don't mean that I stay in there 24 hours a day. I might come out and eat a meal or miss a meal. Usually I miss one or two. I come out and sleep a bit. But the majority of the time, I'm just waiting by myself until I know inside by the inward witness what I am to do. Sometimes my head says, boy, you'd be a fool to put your money in that. You'd lose your shirt. But my heart says, go ahead and invest in it. So I do it. And in all these years, I've never lost a dime. Then again, someone comes along with a deal. And my head says, boy, you'd better get in on that one. But I don't pay attention to my head. I get in my closet and wait. Sometimes all night long I wait and I pray and I read my Bible. But a lot of times I just wait and I just get quiet until I can hear inside what my heart says. And when my heart says, no, don't do it. And my head says, yes, you'd better get in on it. I don't do it. What uh, what had this man done? He'd learned to follow his inward witness. And God had guided him in business until the late 30s, until his early in the early 40s. He was already worth $2 million. Now, that doesn't sound like much now, but boy, was it big then, he says. So, I titled the message this morning, Three R's of Being Led by the Holy Spirit. But I guess, like I said, we could title it, How to Become a Millionaire. To be led by the Holy Ghost, Romans 8 says, 8:14, 8, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So God will lead his sons. How many of you are the sons of God in here this morning? So you can expect to be led by his Spirit. If you are his sons, our daughters, male or female sons, So I expect to be led by his spirit. But one thing that you've got to do to be led by his spirit, and the first R is, is respect his spirit. Now, in order to respect his spirit, you must receive his spirit or acknowledge his spirit or believe there is a spirit. If you don't even believe there is such a thing as the Holy Spirit, or recognize, or regard His Spirit, you will not ever be able to be led by His Spirit. Many people, how many of you, before you received the Holy Spirit, you thought it was flaky? Didn't get yeah, right? Didn't know it. Didn't understand it. Thought it was weird. So in order to receive from the Holy Spirit, you must. First off, regard him, receive him, but most off, respect him. Respect the Holy Spirit. Now, by respecting the Holy Spirit, how do you respect someone? What's the first thing, of, the thing that you think of when you respect someone? Turn to Hebrews 8. Let's look at a couple of scriptures on it and we'll read you a, a definition of it. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. Read that last part with me. For all shall know me from the least to the greatest. You remember the story of of Samuel and Eli. We won't turn there. But he was very young in the Lord. And was God able to speak to him? And could he hear from God? Absolutely. So in order for you to respect him, you must hold him in esteem. You must look to him attentively. Give heed to or pay attention to. Now say if we're in a room. And there's someone in that room that you respect. And everybody's talking. And, but there's someone... That you really want to hear what they have to say. And everybody else is talking. What should you do if they begin to talk? We've lost it in our society. But what should you do? Do like we tell the little kids. Close that bubble. Zip it. You must, the devil is a pusher. He'll push you and he'll, he'll push things off on your mind. And he's constantly there telling you stuff and bombarding your mind and you won't make it this time. And where are you going to get the money and what you're going to do? And, but you have to stop him and look. On the inside of you. You have to purposely. Respect the Holy Ghost. And look to him. To get an answer from him. He's not going to overpower you. The way the devil does. Just like. Brother Hagin was that way. And Keith is that way. You'll find if you get around Keith very much. If you're talking. He's not going to talk. He'll let you talk. You'll never know what he has to say if you're talking. Or if you're leading, you'll never know what he wants to do because he'll just follow you. Unless he feels like he's supposed to do something else. He's just going to let you do what you want to do. the way brother hagan was you come into a room he'll sit there you'll talk that's the way most people do it but if you want to hear what he has to say and you're a wise person you'll zip it now why will you do that because you respect them You want to take heed to what they're going to say. Now, if you want to hear what the Holy Ghost is going to say, you've got to say, okay, Holy Ghost, you're praying. Most people pray like this. And they never stop and ask the Holy Ghost. I mean, they never, if, if you're trying to hear an answer from God, you got to stop that you you pray for an hour and you get up and leave. But in order to hear from the Holy Ghost, you must pray, but you must stop and say, okay, Holy Ghost, what? You must respect Him long enough. He is a Person. The Holy Ghost is not a chair. He's not a podium. He's not a camera. He's not a step. He's a person. And he's a gentleman. And he's not going to talk while you're talking. So if you're praying and you're talking... He's not going to interrupt you. So you go to pray and you're asking for something and you pray and you pray and you pray and you leave and you say, I just can't get an answer. I've prayed about it for weeks and I can't get an answer. Reckon why? Did you stop? And that was one of the greatest things Brother Hagen has taught us. He'd say, we'd get ready for services and stuff. And he'd say, this is the way you get ready for a service. A lot of people spend hours and hours and hours praying. They're no good when they get there. They're worn out. He taught us this early, early on when we were traveling with him. He'd say, you know what I do? Wise person perks up. I go and I lay across my bed in the afternoons. I wait on the Lord. Now what does he mean by that? He don't mean he prays in tongues at the top of his lungs all afternoon. He means he lays there across his bed and waits on the Lord and listens to the Holy Ghost. And if you've ever heard him talk, he tells many, 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 many times in the services about, while I was laying across the bed this afternoon, I saw this happen in the service. And I saw this happen in the service. And I'm just going to act out what I saw happen this afternoon. How many of you have ever heard him say that? Over and over and over and over again. Now, do you think he would have got that if he'd have been in there, Sean run, die, untie my bow tie all afternoon? Because you can't hear from God that way. Because you're going 100 miles an hour and giving out. People, when they come to receive the Holy Spirit, in lines. We learned a long, long time ago, healing lines, ministry lines. We try to tell them, now you're not up here to give out, you're up here to receive. So don't be praying. Don't be giving out. Be here like you're taking something. Receive it. Because you can't give out and receive at the same time. So you must respect the Holy Ghost enough to get quiet and listen. And not listen like some people listen, loading your guns, ready to say something else. So the first R of being led by the Holy Ghost is you must respect him. you got to be ready to get quiet. Find the time, if you're needing to hear from him, to zip it. With our fast-paced society today, nobody finds that time anymore. They want to they want everything instant. Instant even our microwaves are not fast enough anymore. Isn't that right? They're not fast enough. Even our convection ovens are not fast enough. Nothing is fast enough for us anymore. But you must, if you want to hear from God, If you're going to pray about something, it does not take long to say, God, here I am. You know this decision that we've got to make. You know this problem that I've had with my child. You know this business deal that we've got to make. I don't know all there is to know about it. But, Lord, you know everything about it. Now, I'm going to pray about it in the spirit because... Like I say, I don't know this businessman. I don't know what needs to happen here. I don't know what needs to happen here. I don't know. But you know, God, and I'm going to pray. And you pray in the spirit for however long. And that's where most people stop. They're done praying in the spirit. They get up and they leave. And they never wait on the Lord. Now, what did this guy say he did? He waited. If he had a deal that meant a lot to him, he'd pray, but he waited on God. Now, you want to become a millionaire, you don't just pray. You got to do the other side of it. You got to wait on God and respect Him and hear from Him. It's not no fast stuff. Like Brother Hagin used to say, there ain't no instant pudding with God. It's got to be the real stuff. Okay? Look with me at Proverbs chapter 3. Everybody knows this verse, but I want to read it to you from a translation you might not have read before. We'll read it out of the King James first, 3, 6. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Everybody in here has probably heard that, right? Amplified says, in all your ways, recognize and acknowledge Him, and He will direct and make straight and plain your paths. Well, listen to the Message Bible. Guys, put the message up there for me. It says, listen, listen. Got that first word? Listen for God's voice in everything you do and everywhere you go. He's the one... Who will keep you on track? Listen. And John 10, we all know this one too. Verse four and five. And when he put forth his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Why do they know his voice? Why do the sheep know his voice? Do sheep know the voice of someone they've spent a day with? No, no. You don't just dump a sheep with somebody for a day and they all of a sudden know him. What happens? They spend time with him. They grow up with him. They're around them. They know they love them. So you must respect. That's the first R, okay? Respect that there is a Holy Ghost, regard it, know he's there, and look to it. Then number two, recognize his dealings. Brother Hagan used to say all the time, and I know I'll quote Brother Hagan a lot today, because that's where I learned so much about being led by the Holy Spirit. He said, so many are seeking the spectacular and missing the supernatural. And he used to say it all the time. All the time. We talked about this in, in youth one night, and um, it applies to every person in this room. Let's see how many of you already know how to be led. I asked them, I said, how many of you have ever been to Starbucks and you got something in here that says it's time to go home and you just sit there anyway and they all went. How many of you ever been at the mall and you knew you shouldn't buy that and you bought it anyway and they all went. What is that? overriding what you get in your heart. Now, we won't have the adults raise their hand. How many of you did the Lord tell you to give that to somebody and you didn't? How many of you did the Lord tell you to do this and move here and you didn't? How many of you did the Lord tell you to kiss your wife today and you didn't? How many of you did the Lord say to be sweet and you didn't? How many of you did the Lord say to go here and you didn't, you know? Every one of us has missed it. We're not going to throw any stones. But we must learn to recognize. Turn with me and we're going to read a whole passage now on something to Judges 19.1. And you're going to go, oh, gory. Gory. Actually, let's read it from the message Bible on the screen. Everybody just wait and don't turn to it unless you have a message Bible. Let's read it from the message because it makes it really today. And you're going to go yuck. Judges 19.1. It was an era when there was no king in Israel. A Levite living as a stranger in the backwoods hill country of Ephraim got himself a concubine, a woman of Bethlehem in Judea. But she quarreled with him and left him, returning to her father's house in Bethlehem in Judea. She was there four months. Then her husband decided to go after her and try to win her back. And he had a servant and a pair of donkeys with him. And when he arrived at her house... The girl's father saw him and welcomed him and made him feel at home. His father-in-law. Everybody say father-in-law. The girl's father did what? Now, what does that mean to you? Put pressure on him, right? Pressured him to stay. He stayed with him three days. They feasted and drank and slept. And on the fourth day, they got up at the crack of dawn and got ready to go. But the girl's father said to his son-in-law, Strengthen yourself with a hearty breakfast and then you can go. So they sat down and ate breakfast together. The girl's father said to the man, Come on, be my guest, stay the night and make it a holiday. The man got up to go, but his father-in-law kept after him. So he ended up spending another night. And on the fifth day, he was again up early, ready to go. And the girl's father said, you need some breakfast. They went back and forth. And the day slipped on and they ate and drank together. But the man and his concubine were finally ready to go. Then his father-in-law, the girl's father, said, look, the day's almost gone. Why not stay the night? There's very little daylight left. Stay another night and enjoy yourself. And tomorrow you can get an early start and set off for your own place. But this time the man wasn't willing to spend another night. So he got his things ready and left and went as far as Jebus, Jerusalem, with his pair of saddle donkeys and his concubine and his servant. At Jebus, though, the day was nearly gone. And the servant said to his master, it's late. Let's go into this Jebusite city and spend the night. But his master said, we're not going into another city of foreigners. We'll go to Gibba. And he directed his servant, keeping going, let's go on and we'll spend another night at Gibba or at Ramah. So he kept on going and they pressed on and the sun finally set on them in the vicinity of Gibba and belonging, which belongs to Benjamin. They left the road there and spent the night at Gibba. The Levite went and sat down in the town square, but no one invited them in to spend the night. Then late in the evening, an old man came from his day's work in the fields. He was from the hill country of Ephraim and lived temporarily in Gibba, where all the local citizens were Benjamites. When the old man looked up and saw the traveler in the town square, he said, Where are you going and where are you from? And the Levite said, we're just passing through. We're coming from Bethlehem on our way to a remote spot in the hills of Ephraim. I came from there and I've just made a trip to to Bethlehem in Judea and I'm on my way back home. But no one has invited us in for the night. We, We wouldn't be any trouble. We have food and straw for our donkeys and bread and wine for the woman and the young man for me. We don't need anything. The old man said, it's going to be all right. I'll take care of you. You aren't going to spend the night in the town square. He took them home and fed the donkeys and washed them up and sat them down for a good meal. They were relaxed and enjoying themselves when the men of the city, a gang of local hellraisers, all surrounded the house and started pounding on the door. They yelled for the owner of the house, the man, to bring out the man who came into your house. We want to have sex with him. And when he went out and told them, no, brothers, don't be obscene. This man is a guest and is my guest. Don't commit this outrage. Look, my virgin daughter and his concubine are here. I'll bring them out for you. Abuse them if you must, but don't do anything so senselessly vile to this man. But the men wouldn't listen to him. Finally, the Levite pushed pushed his concubine out the door. They raped her repeatedly all night long. And just before dawn, they let her go. The woman came back and fell at the door. See, you feel it over the crowd? Fell at the door of the house where her master was sleeping. And when the sun rose, there she was. And it was morning. And her master got up and opened the door to continue his journey. And there she was, his concubine, crumpled in a heap at the door, and her hands on the threshold. Get up, he said. Let's get going. There was no answer. He lifted her onto his donkey and set out for home. And when he got home, he took his knife and dismembered his concubine and cut her into 12 pieces and sent her piece by piece throughout the country of Israel. And he ordered the men he sent out, saying to every man in Israel, Has such a thing as this ever happened From the time the Israelites came up from the land of Egypt until now. Think about it. Talk it over. Do something. So what does all that mean? It means... Letting other people be led for you can put you in a very, very, very bad situation and in the wrong place at the wrong time. How many times have you had people... Be demanding of your time. Be demanding that you do this for them. Be demanding that you be there. Be demanding that you give them this or do that. And you have absolutely no leading to do it. But you go ahead and do it. And you miss it and things happen. How many can raise your hand and say that's happened to them? Look at the hands all over this place. Now, had this man have left the first day or the second day even, would he have been in a strange place in the middle of the night? Would not have happened. We've had it happen. We've had people say... We want to book your hotel. We want to do your airfare. We want to do this. We, and put us in strange cities at strange times, in strange hotels, in strange places where we should never have been in the first place. Get us rental cars that we should not have gotten that have broken down. Other people cannot be led for you. That is why it is imperative... That you must learn to recognize the Holy Ghost for yourself. Now you can't recognize the Holy Ghost for me. Or for this church. But you must learn to recognize the Holy Ghost for yourself. Or you can wind up in the same situation that this man winds up and get yourself into a mess. You can be in the wrong city at the wrong time. Just because you have plans to go on vacation, and the, you wake up that morning, and you have a check about it, now what do I mean by a check? You just don't feel good about it. You have absolutely no settling in your heart about it. There's no peace at all inside of you. You're bothered by it. But you go ahead and go. What kind of situation do you put yourself and your family in then? But you've already spent the money. What is money if one of your children is dead? Now, people say it all the time. Now, that man was a good man. He was a preacher. She was a preacher's wife. Why did she die? Say, I have plans. Okay, we have big plans. We're going shopping today. And I wake up that morning and I have red flags going off in me in every direction. Don't go shopping today. Don't go shopping today. Don't go shopping today. Don't go shopping today. today. And I think the Lord protects me. Though a thousand fall at my left and 10,000 at my right, it won't come near me. And I jump in my car and I take off. And two hours later, Keith gets a call. Phyllis's car is flipped on the side of the road and she's dead. Now, why would that be? Now, you wouldn't know that I got that leading. All you would know is that I'm dead and that you'd be here having a funeral. You'd say, What happened? And that's what people don't understand. They write books about why do good things happen, bad things happen to good people. There's the story of a great musician. That went up in an airplane and it's documented that his little boy was asleep in the back seat. Some of you know the story about it. And his little boy raises up from the back seat in a sound sleep and says, Mama, don't daddy know that plane's going to crash? Two or three year old little boy. Now, why? And probably had told her, discussed it. He still gets on the airplane. He's not here for his little boy anymore. Why do bad things happen to good people? Because they plan their schedule out the rest of the week. And if they don't go shopping today, well, then tomorrow they've got this meeting. And the next day they've got this thing they've got to do. And the next day they've got this thing they've got to do. And if they don't get it done today, well... I'm not going to have time to do it. Now, we're not going to have a show of hands, but it happens every day to people in this room. And it's just the mercy of God that every one of us is still alive. Because we override those things that we get on the inside of us. You must recognize what you're getting on the inside of you. You must recognize where it's coming from. You must recognize that it's not just your head trying to keep you from having fun that day. And you must agree with him enough to know that you have to put your feelings aside and go with what he's telling you. Because God is into fun. And he's not against you having fun. He's against you getting killed. And the devil is into you getting killed because that's one less person that can tell about Jesus. Now say you are out shopping. And they got this dress that's on sale. Mm, And you really, really like it. And you walk around the store for 15 minutes with it in your hand. Why do you do that? Because you know you shouldn't get it. And you override it. And you take it home. And you have a fight. And then you wonder why you have a fight. God, we've been praying that our marriage would get better. But you overrode there. You can't override there and expect it to be okay here. Or you bought the dress when you overrode it. And and in your mind, you think, I have enough money. You've calculated it. You, You stand there and do mental calculations. I have enough money. I've got this and I've got this and this is taken care of and this is taken care of. No reason why I can't. Mental gymnastics. But the Holy Ghost is saying, don't. Because what you don't know is you're going to have a flat tire. And you're going to have to spend that money to get a new tire. Or Susie's going to need this for school. Or this is going to come up. Or this is going to come up. And had you have listened and not bought the new dress, you'd have been right in line and had the money and you wouldn't have been tight and things wouldn't have been an issue and you wouldn't have had trouble at home because money issues are an issue. So if you'd have just been led, and I don't remember, it was Carolyn Savelle, I believe it was. She went shopping one day, and she has learned how to be led by the Holy Ghost. And the girls will tell you, uh, Shara and Janet do the shopping when a lot of the guest ministers and stuff come to town. And she had gone out, correct me if I'm wrong about it, Shara. And she had gone out, and she had really, really liked this certain outfit And she had gone shopping and she said the Holy Ghost told her not to buy it right now, that some things were going to be coming up, not to buy it right now. Is that kind of what I had told y'all or something like that, you know, or uh, what she had told us? And uh, so she didn't buy it. And as it turned out, the next week, both of her daughters got houses. So she needed the money to help them buy and decorate and wanted to help them buy and decorate their houses. Well, when she showed up here, the girls were led enough and had bought her those exact outfits that she had wanted when she was there in those stores. And she didn't have to spend the money to get them. So if you learn to trust God and recognize his dealings and you're. But the thing about it is, it's how you keep your heart. She didn't get bitter because she didn't get those outfits. I know her well enough to know she didn't. She kept her heart right. God will take care of you on the other side. But you got to learn to recognize. People that take things that are not really theirs... will always be takers do you understand what i mean by that you go shopping and you take things that are not yours you you go to dinner and you're always the one that never pays the bill you're a taker it's not really yours to take you'll always be in the hole you must Must recognize the Holy Ghost in that area and do a flip-flop. Start being a giver. Doesn't matter how bad it makes your flesh feel. But recognize that you don't want to be that way anymore. And begin to be a giver. Whatever it takes, break yourself of it. Because if you don't, you'll get your mind in a train And it's like it's following one car after another. And you're headed for a downhill spiral. you got to get off that track and get on another track in order to even hear from the Holy Ghost. A lot of people can't recognize the leadings. You say, I can't. I can't even hear him. The reason you can't is because you've been on this train for so long that you won't break free to get over here to hear him. The way some people need to learn to recognize the Holy Ghost is to totally do just the opposite of what they've been doing. If they've been takers, they need to not take anything from anybody for a while. And they need to start giving. If you've been one that's taken money, taken pity, taking time, taking this, taking that, you'd be one to give it. Recognize where you are. Recognize what the Lord is showing you. Okay, where money is concerned. If you want to be led by the Holy Ghost to become a millionaire, you may only have $50, but He can't lead you with that $50 if you're taking it from someone. It's gotta be your own $50. He can make you a millionaire, but it's got to be your own. Get off that track. Get on another track. Then take that $50 and get in your closet and be led about what you're supposed to do with it. Recognize what he's telling you. Um, If... If like this, this man here in this story, every person in here has people that put demands on them. You have people, you have people, you have people, every person in here. And we as a church have Keith and I have purposed in our heart that one of our main things the Lord told us is to teach people about love and about how to be led So that people can be led for themselves. Because you can't grow up unless you can be led for yourself. Okay? And in doing that, we must be led for ourselves. And if we let people... People get frustrated sometimes. And if Keith and I would let people... I mean, on a daily basis, if I spent the time with everybody that asked me to spend time with them... um, it would be unreal. And if I answered every phone call that came in for me, it would be unreal. I mean, uh, you got family. You got uh, friends. You got staff. They all feel like you owe them a certain amount of time, you know. And every, then you've got church members that think, well, you're our pastor. You owe us this, you know. Or you got people on the Internet. You owe us the answer to this question, you know. Or you've got people. And Every person must learn to be led as to who they are to answer and who they are not to answer at that given time. Amen. Amen. I don't know if I'm making that clear to you or not. People will, family members, friends, coworkers will pull on you And lead you in the wrong direction sometime. Okay. Sometimes it's time to pull back and hear from God about what you're supposed to do. You need to recognize what is God and what is a person. That's what this man did not do. He did not recognize God was telling him to leave or his father-in-law was telling him to leave or stay. You must recognize, you must respect them and say, Hey, look, man, I love ya. But you know what? Gotta go. And that's why some people can't do the things for God that they should do is because they let people, they let family, they let kids, they let employers steal God's time from them. That's why you don't have the time to do what I was talking about in number one. The waiting on God. Because you let people, that is the devil's number one tool, is people robbing your time. And, and there are people, robbers, they're, they're, they'll rob you of your time. They've always got something for you to do. And if you let them, they will steal every moment of your time. And you can't. You must be led for your life the way God directs your life, or they will be leading your life and not God leading your life. So recognize the Holy Ghost leading your life or people leading your life. Separate the two. I know when we got ready to go to Rama, we were young. We didn't know the Holy Ghost very well. And we had well, we were, I guess we were 18 years old at the time, 17 or 18 at the time. And uh, we felt like we were supposed to leave what we knew, load up our stuff and go to Rama. Well, everybody we knew said no. I mean, all, I mean, it was just like, Bible school? What are you going to Bible school for? What are you going out there for? Why do you need to go out there? What's out there? Who's out there? Broken what? What do you want to go to anything broken for? And thank God that we had just enough. God will meet you where you are and where your faith is. And he encouraged us just enough to do it. And took us just enough to be able to take the step and do it. Don't let anybody stop you from what you're supposed to do. You recognize what God has put in you and you follow it through. No matter if it's your ministry, no matter if it's a job, no matter what your vision is, you recognize what the Holy Ghost inside you is telling you to do. If it's your new business, if it's, if it's stepping out and doing something you've never done before, recognize what God and the Holy Ghost inside of you, not up here. It can look like you're a big dummy. To do it. But if it's inside of here. And you know it's inside of here. And God has put it inside of here. Then you don't let any well-meaning family or well-meaning friends or well-meaning people around you stop you from taking the steps that God has told you to do. You follow, like we were singing this morning, you follow your heart. You recognize what God has given you. And you stick with it. You don't let your father-in-law, like this man did, pull you off track and delay you from doing it. Recognize what is God, what is people, and what is your flesh. Don't let your feelings get in the way, like you want to go on vacation, we talked about. Don't let people get in the way. Don't let money get in the way recognize the difference in them. All right? And then the last one that I want to talk to you about is respond. And that's the tough one. This is where we have the troubles. Most people recognize what they have inside them. Most people know. It's time to leave Starbucks. Most people know not to buy that dress. Most people know don't go on vacation. Most people know there's something stirring inside them. But the problem is, if it's good, let's do it. But if it's something that their flesh does not like... They rebel. Keith has a saying, disobedience dulls to the hearing of the Holy Ghost. If you want God's direction and the Holy Ghost's direction, you must receive his correction. And that's where we mess up. So many people are in situations and the Holy Ghost is saying, red flag, stop, don't do it. Don't say that. Don't treat them that way. Stop. You shouldn't say that. You shouldn't do that. They don't deserve that. What did they do? Why are you doing that? And you just override it. Why are you taking your bad feelings out on them? And you know it in your heart and you just keep going. Or a sale comes up and you know good and well that somebody else's money, but you need it. So you'll just fudge it just a little bit and the Holy Ghost inside you saying, don't do it. 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 You do it anyway. What you don't know is God had in line for you a greater sale that was going to triple the one that you just stole the $10 from. That could have been $300 that you lost because you took the $10 disobedience will dull you because what will happen the next time is you'll go to God and you'll say, okay, God, I need to hear about what I'm supposed to do about this business deal. Do I buy this piece of land or this house or do I not? And he goes, no, don't buy it. And you're going, is that God? God? Is that not God? Is that God or not God? Let's see, I can't really tell. Why can't you tell? Because when he told you not to take that $10, you said, that's not God, that's just me. And you reasoned out a way in your mind to jiggle the figures and take the $10. When you knew all along it was the Holy Ghost. So how can it not be the Holy Ghost now and then be the Holy Ghost now? It's the same Holy Ghost. Same person. I'm still the same when I tell you don't do this and when I say do do this. I don't change. I'm exactly the same. Yes. No. I'm still the same. But what happens is when he says, don't buy that dress. And you say, this isn't the Holy Ghost. This is just me. Or when he says, don't tell that lie. Or when he says, don't be mean to them. Or when he says, don't go on that vacation. Or when he says, "Don't buy that new car yet," or when he says, "Don't go, go get that debt right now," don't get that debt right now. You say, "That's not the Holy Ghost; that's just me." Then you go to him and say, "Holy Ghost, what do I do to get get my baby healed? What do I what do I need to do? Where am I missing it? What where what am I doing wrong? My baby's sick. What, what am I doing?" And you can't hear. You're confused. Why are you confused? Because the very same person you said wasn't Phyllis. Very same person you said that wasn't the Holy Ghost is the Holy Ghost. He's the very same person. You can't turn him off and on when you want him off and on. When he tells you, no, don't do this, don't do it. And the more you do that, the Holy Ghost will become so clear to you. It's like a radio station. If you have your radio station tuned to whatever, 95, and you want to hear from the Holy Ghost, and he's on 100, 100, what should you do? But the reason you have him on 95 is because you've been turning him off. You've got to get back on 100 over here. There's some things that we have radios here in the church. And there's some things that we have channels that everybody in here, you can tell, they have a radio in their ear. But sometimes we don't want everybody to hear everything. So we can change a channel. And only certain people can hear those things. Because they're on a different channel. I think that's what some people have done to themselves with the Holy Ghost. They've taken their hearts and when they don't want to hear what he's got to say, they change the channel. And they say, mm-mm, I don't want to hear this. Like don't watch that program. Like I don't want to hear this right now. But then talk to me, Holy Ghost. Why aren't my bills getting paid? Make it clear. Come on, talk to me. They want to get back on that channel. I'm on the right channel. Why can't I get an answer? Because they've tuned him out. And they hadn't been able to find the channel again. If you want his direction, you must receive his correction. Every day, there's situations in your life, every single day, every moment of the day, when you walk out this door, I, no matter how much you grow in the Lord, it should just grow into the direction that you get from him, into the levels of things he asks of you to do and the steps of faith. Because God loves faith. He loves faith. So you may start out down here and he say, go to Ramah. Then 30 years later, he may say, leave everything you've got and go start a church with nothing. I didn't hear you right, God. You didn't say that. That wasn't God. That's just us thinking that. You can pretend. And you can pretend your whole life away. But God loves faith. And if you will obey Him when you walk out this door, I doubt seriously that an hour goes by. I, I don't have 10 minutes that go by, five minutes that go by, that I don't expect to hear from the Holy Ghost telling me, do this, do that, do this, do this, say this, do this, do this, go there, go there, don't go here, turn here, go there. Do, I mean, I am looking to hear all the time. And I know I told some of our guys one time, they were forgetting things. They were forgetting this, and they were forgetting that, and they were forgetting this. And I say, you know what? When I first started working in the ministry, I used to forget stuff all the time. I just did. Because there is absolutely no way when you had this many people... And you have all the things going on that we have going on that you can remember everything that needs to be done. There's no way. You can have lists and you can have notes, but then you have too many lists and you can forget to check all the lists that you have. They're laughing over here. Look at them. Every one of the staff is laughing. Because you can. You can have so many lists that you can forget to check all the lists. So how do you do it? You learn. You don't go two minutes without, okay, Holy Ghost, is there something we're forgetting? Okay, Holy Ghost, what do we need to do now? Okay, Holy Ghost. And I've I've started teaching the guys, you know. When Dave first started working for us, I said, you can't do it without the Holy Ghost, Dave. And I kid you not, when he got his phone, when he first started working for us, he'd put reminders on his phone, buzz, check in with the Holy Ghost. (laughs) You laugh. You laugh, because if you have not trained yourself to do that, you will not do it. You must learn, the very first one, respect the Holy Ghost. Because if you do not look to him, he will not help you. And it's very, very rare... That he will not remind you of things that you would forget if you will ask him. We can't do all the ministry that we have to have and do without the Holy Ghost. It's impossible. Totally and completely impossible. To remember everything that has to be done with everybody without the Holy Ghost. But you'll never forget anything with the Holy Ghost. if you say okay holy ghost what are we forgetting are we forgetting something what needs to be done or, you know and and they get amazed because i'll call in the middle of the night i'll call in the middle of the day we need to do this we need to do that how did you remember the holy ghost i don't remember it i look in here and i trust him you can't run this ministry you can't run this church i ain't that smart And you'd be a fool to think you are. You're not that smart. But the Holy Ghost is. And he never forgets anything. And he knows everything. And if you're smart, you will use every available asset that he has. He's your teacher. He's your counselor. He's your advocate. He'll do everything under the sun for you. But you must respect him. And look to him to do it. You get in a bind with the law, you look to him. You get in a bind with your kids, you look to him. You need leadership to make money, you look to him. You lose something, you look to him. You need an answer, you look to him. You go in the wrong direction, you look to him. Can't get your hair right, look to him. Wife won't do right, look to him. Husband won't do right, look to him. Car won't start, look to him. Doesn't matter what it is. He can show you what to do. But you must look to him and respect him. And he can and will give you the answer. And he's not hard to hear. We read the scriptures. As many as are the sons of God, how many are the sons of God? You can expect to be led by the Spirit of God. Stand up with me. Say this.